What you're about to hear is audio from an ABC News report dated December 6, 2019, covering the NAS Pensacola shooting. In today's episode, we're breaking from our standard format to discuss an issue that hit our community incredibly hard. If you're easily triggered by such content, we recommend you fast forward through the next 30 seconds or move on to a different episode. The latest fallout from that deadly shooting at a Florida naval base. Pensacola base, site of the deadly rampage where Mohammed al-Shamrani opened fire, killing Cameron Walters, Mohammed Haytham, and Joshua Caleb Watson, who is being hailed as a hero for alerting first responders to the gunman's location, helping save lives. We all heard shots again, several shots inside the building. He walked out on the steps and he collapsed. Cheryl Poister, a civilian instructor at the naval base, says if it wasn't for Watson, she may have become a victim as well. If he had not come through that doorway at that moment, I would be dead. The Navy is now posthumously awarding Watson and the other sailors who were killed their coveted gold Navy wings. Favorite force, it's Kimber. Today we are diving into a really heavy topic, okay? I wanted to give you a little bit of a disclaimer before we jump into this episode. Today we're going to be talking about the unthinkable. We're going to hash out the NAS Pensacola shooting and the Pearl Harbor shooting. We are doing this to flesh out our own feelings about what happened to our community and also honor the victims. So the way this episode is going to go, I'm bringing on a really good friend and former Vert Force brand ambassador, Tessa Salman, who is pursuing a clinical psychology degree right now. And we're chatting about this because Tessa and I, our husbands, were both stationed at NAS Pensacola around the same time. She's actually at a local base near Pensacola at NAS Whiting Field now. And John and I had just left the Pensacola and Milton area about six weeks prior to the events. So this is kind of something where I just want to be authentic and share with you guys what I'm feeling and Tessa wants to share what she's feeling and then we're going to talk about some ways to overcome these negative emotions and help honor the victims. So after my conversation with Tessa, we're going to bring on another guest, Melinda from GFI Apparel, whose husband is a Navy veteran, and we're going to talk with her about what we can do as a community to collectively honor the victims, stand united, and just kind of show up, show up and be present in this moment and not let this be something that's swept under the rug. So when we started Workforce in 2018, my husband was stationed at NAS Pensacola for the flight training program. When we started our Facebook group, the majority of our members and our volunteers were stationed at either NAS Pensacola, Eglund, or Whiting Field. That is the heart 
of how VertForce was created. Many of you who are in the VertForce community have been stationed at one of those three bases. And if you know anything about the area, then you know those bases are all very close together. And the whole military community there, it's a very tight-knit group. And it was an amazing experience to have that as my spouse's first real duty station because I made so many great friends. I really got plugged in. I joined the Spouses Club. You know, we grew VertForce from that location. To have it come under fire really broke my heart because I love that place. I love those people. And so does my spouse. So that's why we're going to spend the time to talk about these two events And thank you for listening, and let's hash this out together. Today, I have a great friend and former VertForce brand ambassador on the show. Her name is Tessa Salman, and she was volunteering with VertForce for over eight months, probably closer to nine months. And I loved that because we lived in the same city. Both of our husbands were in the flight program at NAS Pensacola and NAS Whiting Field. And I brought Tasa on the show today to discuss secondary traumatic stress and to really remove the stigma of chatting about what's happening in our community, chatting about what happened at Pearl Harbor in December and what happened at NAS Pensacola. So we're just going to have a conversation today where we're kind of breaking the mold of the format of what our regular show is. But I brought Tasa because she has a bachelor's in psychology and she's currently in a master program for clinical health to become a clinical mental health counselor. And she also has an amazing blog. Her blog is called My Abundant Life. Thank you for agreeing to chat with me about this. Yeah, of course. I'm very happy to be here and share some things that I've learned and thoughts about the event and secondary um, trauma. And yeah, so thank you for having me. Yeah. So I read your blog last week about secondary traumatic stress, and it really interested me because even though we are in Jacksonville, Florida now, we've been here for a couple of months, I was still pretty shaken about what happened at NAS Pensacola last week about the shooting. And my husband was pretty shaken too. I think me more so than him, just because I'm a gentler person and he's, I guess he's just accustomed and ready for this kind of stuff. That's why he's in the military and I'm not, right? (laughs) (laughs) But it really shook me down. I was crying for several days and then I read your blog and kind of saw that you were dealing with some of these issues too. And I thought, okay, well, let's talk to the military spouse community about secondary traumatic stress. And I wanted to bring you on to just get your, what was your first impression about the impact on the community and and yourself. It was like, whoa, it was just so close to home. Oh my gosh. And it was, um, and like you, we had no idea what was going on. So there was, you know, the thought of something that could happen at Whitingfield. Dustin had to go into work that morning. And so I'm like, you know, what's going on? So we constantly had the news on. And just wanting that information to make sure that our families are okay. And then also wanting to know who the victims were. That was huge for me. I'm like, you know, do we know these people? Um, And of course, because it being on a military base, um, 
it took a while for that information to come out. Yeah, it did. I was mostly concerned about the military spouses. When I was in Milton, Pace, and Pensacola, I dived in really hard into the military spouse clubs. Mm -hmm. Like Sosa, for example, I was so worried that it might have been a spouse from from that group or that someone there would have been directly impacted. And so I was waiting for days to try and figure out who had been hurt. I was really sad to know that something had happened and you just couldn't access if it had happened to someone you know. I actually have a friend and her husband, um, or not her husband, her boyfriend or significant other, he is still at NAS Pensacola. So I was like, oh my gosh, is, you know, was he in class today? Is he okay? Because military spouses and especially all in general, all military, they're just so close knit. So we know each other. We're friends with each other. Knowing that it could happen to to one of our close friends, it was very scary. It was really frightening. And then to know that it came from a peer too, which I think was a very hard thing to process. You know, someone you would normally trust. You know, you can't understand like motives or anything like that and diving deep and you can drive yourself stir crazy just thinking about it over and over again and being preoccupied with those thoughts. And uh, that's kind of what secondary traumatic stress is. It's a lot like uh, PTSD. There's a few emotions that are very similar, but a lot different at the same time. Um, Sympathy is, you know, feeling pity for somebody or feeling bad for somebody. And then you have empathy when you're able to put somebody going into somebody else's shoes. I'm sorry. And then you have um, secondary traumatic stress or vicarious traumatic stress, um, which is a lot like PTSD, which a lot of our military families see, you know, throughout their careers. So you would say sympathy is, okay, I feel bad for this person in this position, but empathy is I feel for that person. I am feeling the same emotions that that person is feeling, but you're saying secondary traumatic stress is even different. Yeah. Research in the past has said that it mostly affects or more commonly affects counselors, nurses, and emergency response teams. Also in my master's uh, program, we've heard um, or we've learned about vicarious traumatic stress and how it affects counselors so much because you're hearing about people's trauma over and over again. And, you know, we're only human, so Mm -hmm. we're going to feel those emotions. And what I found was that after 9-11, it was very little research, but there was some that showed the effects of the news and social media and hearing about someone's, um, you know, tragedy, it does affect the general population. And you can feel the same symptoms of PTSD as if someone were directly involved or directly a part of that, you know, traumatic event. And so I noticed that's what I was feeling. So I was kind of out of my mind and I felt a little alone and constantly watching the news. I wanted updates all day. I didn't really focus much on anything else other than the event itself. Of course, listening to the news, there's facts and then there's stories. And um, there were 
so many conflicting things that's like are we safe going around our town because there you know people were saying that there were some um students unaccounted for and so it was uneasy it was a very uneasy and hard weekend i can relate to you in feeling alone i know that morning when we woke up and realized it had happened i was like okay another shooting here we go again And then my husband left for work and I didn't realize how much it was going to impact me throughout the day. But every time a new news article was released, I just started thinking, man, this is a part of our community. This is our military community. These are our aviation brothers and sisters. These kids are young, so young, just starting their careers. It was me mentally processing that over and over again. I got so depressed. I had to stop work for the day. We shut everything down. And I just felt like I was going into a state of mourning for for the community members. And I just think that I'm not the only one who experienced that. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think you experienced that too. And it's almost like a, a ripple effect. It may hit one city, it may hit one base, or it may hit a couple of places, but it ripples throughout our organization because there's something about the camaraderie and family that we build in this community. And it just, it feels so unjust and it feels so wrong what I kept on going over and over in my mind is, you know, every like military spouses and our military members, they are the most selfless people because they are not only putting their lives on the line. And it's funny because it's when you're in training, you don't think anything's going to happen. You think you're safe. Um, You know, you, you're not in the fleet yet. You're not out there. And so it's just kind of like, yeah, let's just get through this. I haven't really done much in the military. And this was a wake up call, um, especially with, I believe it was uh, Ensign Watson, one of the victims. He was standing watch that day and standing mm-hmm. watch in API, you know, you don't think much of it. And for those who are listening and you don't understand the aviation pipeline, I'll describe it to you briefly a high level overview. And this is not to diminish or belittle anyone's service at all. Yeah. But we'll just describe to you how brand new and green in the aviation program, those who were, who lost their lives were. Um, When you start the aviation program, you go through a series called IFS, which is where you learn basic flight. And then is it then your process to API? And API is a very physically strenuous process and mentally strenuous. You are tested um, over the course of six to eight weeks over your knowledge of flight. And then you're also physically tested. They put you through a lot of endurance and physical tests, which include swimming in your flight suit in cold water with your boots and helmet on. Um, but you have to pass that before you can move into primary training and then advanced training and then get your wings. When you're in API and when you're in IFS, you're not really getting a lot of flight time, really no flight time at all. You are trying to prove yourself so that you mm-hmm. can move on to the next stage. And a lot of proving yourself is standing watch on base. You're not armed. You're not in a 
in a position on base where you would ever be considered in danger in any capacity, but you're there to serve. Mm -hmm. You're on base standing watch to serve your peers, to help people muster and check in every morning. It's not a position where you would ever be threatened. And all of our husbands have stood this watch. If you've been in the flight program, whether your husband is about to retire or your wife is about to retire, if your husband or wife was in the aviation program period, they stood this watch. For someone to be attacked in that position, it's it's not right. It's not fair, you know. Yeah. And I know that they were posthumously awarded their aviation wings, and at, I think that was a really honorable thing for the base to do. Um, it's just it's heavy. It's heavy to know that it occurred in that moment. Thinking about it rationally, like I've said before, it's, you know, he's at Aeneas Widingfield, but that could have been Dustin. That could have been any anybody. It does give me, you know, water in my eyes just knowing that um, that could have been him at any time. How do you feel about the conversation? I, I know some service members are calling to be armed at this point in time. I do believe that Joshua Caleb Watson was an expert marksman. I'm going to look, look it up right now just to verify. The conversation around it was that Joshua in particular was an expert marksman. And the follow-up conversation to it was, had he been armed, this wouldn't have happened or it wouldn't have gotten as far as it did. And I know that there are some articles online about service members requesting to be armed after this incident and the Pearl Harbor incident. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I have mixed feelings with it. Um, I'm a big person at looking at both sides of the story um, and both sides of every point of view. So I would have to, you know, do more research and looking to see how this would affect it negatively. Because, of course, looking at it right now in this situation, you can only see the positive. It's like, absolutely. Like, we don't want this ever happening. We They should protect yeah. themselves. You know, in this situation in particular, of course, um, I wish, I wish that he was armed, you know, to be able to defend himself. Um, but overall, um, across the board in the military, I would have to see if the the benefit outweighs the consequence of it all. And I did find the article. So the article does say he was the captain of the rifle team at the Naval Academy. So we've been chatting about secondary traumatic stress disorder. And uh, if any of you who are listening, you're kind of feeling these same feelings of grief and of mourning, and you're ready to learn about healing, Tasa has some really great options for us. And she's going to chat with us about recovering and overcoming. So yeah. Tasa, what can we do as a community to emotionally recover? Making sure that you voice that something happened, you're feeling you know, down, um, talking to coworkers, uh, friends, and family, all these people are wanting you to be at your best and they want you to care for yourself. And so let them care for you and let them do what they can to help you through the process. I think communication is key in any type of um, mental health situation. 
And then also concentrating on yourself, focus on you being self-aware and how you feeling, how you're feeling is very important. And I think if you know that you are upset, then you should take the steps forward to try to feel better. And it could be as simple as just going outside um, and, or, you know, calling a friend on self-care diet and exercise and sleep are so important for mental health. Taking care of yourself is very important. And that's in all aspects. If you need to pursuing professional help. Um, so a lot of the listeners are you know, military and military families, and there, there's great help. There's great health care. Um, we always have the option to talk to several people. I encourage everyone to go, you know, talk to somebody and not feel like it would be weird or that they would be looked at different. Yeah, absolutely. You can pick up the phone and call Fleet and Family pick up the phone and call your base and just ask to speak to a counselor. You can chat with them over the phone privately. They don't even ask for your name a lot of the time. So I believe what Tasa, her primary point she's hitting here is it's okay if you feel this way. Other people are feeling this way too. And don't feel silly for mm-hmm. also being in grief or being in mourning over what's happened. You know, I think... You said it earlier, Tasa, and I felt that too. Um, this didn't happen to me. This didn't happen to my husband. Why am I so upset? This is silly for me to feel this way. No, it's not. This happened to your community and it's okay to feel this way and it's okay for you to take some steps for yourself to recover. Ultimately, reaching out for assistance just to chat about it. Just That's one of the reasons I have Tasa on the show right now is to personally help myself process and deal with what happened and begin to heal and move forward. What about, Tessa, what about giving back to the community and finding a way to honor those who lost their lives and contribute to that cause? Can that be a healing process as well? Oh, absolutely. So I went and I donated blood, although it was after the fact, and I know that they had already met their need, they needed to replenish. And that mentally, I mean, I just felt better. I felt like I was personally able to help. I was able to do something. Um, That's the one thing that I was able to control. And I was able to go and do, there's so many different things that the community did as far as um, shirts, um, um, for support, those were made. Um, the the beautiful mural on Graffiti Bridge, and you know, just prayers, just putting that hope and good energy out there. It made me, you know, made me feel better, and I know that it is helping and has helped a lot of the families of the victims. Yeah, being so far away, uh, I think we're four or five hours away now. I have struggled to find a way in which I can give back, but we did partner with an organization who's making shirts for the event to, it's really, the shirts are to help the community show support and honor the events and not let them be forgotten, not let these five people be forgotten because Remember, it's not just NAS Pensacola, even though Tessa and I are primarily discussing that because that's where we felt the biggest impact because we were associated with that base. But there's also 
a couple of days prior the shooting at Pearl Harbor. So we lost five people in one week to, you know, senseless chaos and senseless assault. Uh, anyway, if you want to, to see that, show support, 20% of all purchases are going directly to the families of the victims and to the bases. And we'll drop that link in the show notes. I did see the photo of all of the military community members lined up at the blood drive for those victims, which I was so moving. Yes. I wish that I could have been there for that. So thank you so much for sharing your tips on how to recover. Yeah, no problem. Of course, I hope um, you know we help and let people know that they're not the only ones out there that are feeling you know a little sad or yeah, you know, feeling any type of way about this. So, how are things going in the Milton Pace and Pensacola area since the event? Everyone has grown a little bit closer. Everybody seems to be a little bit more aware um, and just more supportive in general. Everyone is just, they have, everyone has a heavy heart in this area. And so they're just, just coming together. I feel like um, everyone is just being very supportive of everything and any type of um, conversation that you have, you just have a lot of support. Awesome. Well, Taysa, is there anything else you want to share with the listeners today? You are not alone in this. And I think that's the important message is that we are all very sad and, um, you know, just know that you're not alone. We are all really kind of grieving together through this. And I feel for those families who lost their loved ones and those who will not be home on holiday leave this year. It's awful. All right. On a positive note, if you want to show support and do something that will directly benefit the bases and the families, you can visit the show notes, see the shirt that we have built and designed with the help of a veteran-owned business, GFI. You can feel free to purchase one of those shirts and know that 20% of your purchase is going to the family. And when you receive your shirt, wear it wear it proudly. If someone asks you about it, tell them about the events of December, tell them about the five victims and not let their sacrifice and their memory fade away. And if you need additional support, you can absolutely contact your base or reach out to me or Tasa. Check out Tasa's blog. She talks about stuff like this all the time. And thank you so much, Tasa, for being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay, so that conversation with Tasa was heavy. And, you know, we're just kind of pulling back the curtain and letting you see how I really feel about this, letting you see how the Vert Force community feels about this. So I don't want to leave this episode on such a low, heavy note. What I really want to do is transition the conversation. I want to change the conversation to. What can we do next? How can we help? Where can we show up as a community? So my next guest is Melinda from GFI Apparel, and we are going to talk about the Stand United fundraiser. Thank you for listening. Let's dive in. I am here today with Melinda, owner of GFI Apparel, and we're here to kick off the Stand United fundraiser. Melinda, 
to get the ball rolling, give us a brief overview of what is GFI and why are we doing this fundraiser? GFI Apparel, go for it, is what GFI stands for. Nobody knows that yet. Um, We are a company that likes to promote active lifestyles, people that are going for their goals, they're taking action in their life, they're not whiners, they're not sitting on the couch complaining about how come that person over there has this going on so great in their life and I don't. No, there's no need for that. We have a great country with so many opportunities. Um, If you show a little effort, put some action, get some momentum in your life. There's just no, no stopping what you can do. And so our military lines up with that uh, lifestyle so beautifully. And we love the military. I'm married to a retired Naval officer. So we spent a lot of time um, moving from place to place and being in the military. And we, we love military. So when these horrible shootings occurred, we definitely wanted to do something to reach out and to give back and to help the families and uh, the victims of these shootings that were right there on our own, our own home ground on our base. Um, just a horrible thing that happened. So we wanted to do what we could to give back and, and to help out. Melinda, I'm really honored to be able to bring this fundraiser to Vertforce and to our extended community. I've sent some emails out about it. I think it's super important what we're doing because when those military bases and those victims were attacked, it was it was really scary for the whole community. Yes. You know, it shakes your community, especially if you're affiliated with them or if you've ever been located at those bases before. So it's it hurts. It feels like family. You kind of go through a grieving process. You go through a mourning process and you just want to do something. You want to show that you want to show support and you want to show unity. And then when you approached me with this t-shirt design, when GFI said they wanted to do this fundraiser and designed this killer shirt, it was really exciting because the seal that they designed for this shirt really speaks to the whole situation. To me, it it brings forth feelings of unity, of patriotism, and Overall, it just says, hey, we are united. So they've got the women's and the men's, and this is the fundraiser. So 20% of every purchase is going to be distributed to the families and the victims in need. So Melinda, do you want to walk us through the design and what was selected here and for what purpose? We chose the eagle, and I love that we put the American flag on its wings because the eagle is such a beautiful symbol of of our country and um, of course our flag. So we definitely had to have those two um, pieces, design pieces in in the overall logo. And Stand United was, it's very simple, but I think it, it speaks powerfully. First of all, we're standing, we're not falling down and, and um, giving up. We're standing and that says something and we are united. The military is one of the most beautiful places to show camaraderie and standing united across so many different um, lines that you always see so so divided, even in our own society. But when you're in the military, you stand together no matter what your background is, no matter where you grew up, what accent you have, you always stand united. So that had to be a, a part of it. And of course, the, um, the month and the year, the date there, December 2019. Um, and then if you know, we have the watch, 
uh, anytime there's a fallen soldier or a retired soldier, someone that, that leaves uh, the boat in the Navy, they always ring the bell and say, we have the watch. And so we wanted to attribute that to our, our fallen brothers that we were taking over for them and continuing the work that they, that they were doing. So there's also both logos. So there's a logo for NAS Pensacola on the left, the one circled in red. And then on the right of the eagle under its wings uh, is NS Pearl Harbor in Hawaii. And we really wanted to have the, the eagle over those two commands as if it's um, like chicks under its wings almost, you know, where the country, yes. the country is supporting them and protecting them and um, is caring for them. And most importantly, I think what stands out to me the most is there are five stars above the eagle representing the five victims, the two at NS Pearl Harbor and the three at NAS Pensacola. So honoring them and letting their memory live on. Yes, thank you. I forgot to mention that. I appreciate that. Who has questions about the fundraiser? And I will share with you some things that I'm doing on my end to help with the fundraiser component. It does come in a lady's V-neck and the men's crew neck. And they are both only $30 and 20% of every purchase is going to be going to the families in need after this horrible, horrible tragedy. Um, Melinda, is there anything else you want to add? We wanted to provide two different options of shirts. Um, some people like a logo on the front, some like it on the back. I prefer t-shirts with a little bit of a v-neck. It just seems more feminine to me. I don't like things that are big and loose. So we, we did a v-neck with the logo on the back. But if you like a traditional t-shirt with the big and bold right in the front, you've got that option too. So obviously the men's shirt is unisex. A woman can wear it as well. Just we gave another option of design just just for people with different different taste. Yes, absolutely. And Tasa says so much thought went into this. Tasa, you're so right. You can really clearly tell that the shirt was built by military and built to honor military. And I hope that we can all uh, wear it, wear it proudly and stand united. So some things that I'm personally doing, I am emailing my network uh, I've gone through my email list and I'm sending everyone in my email list the shirt and the reason why I think um, it should be shared and worn. And one of the things that hits my heart and kind of lights me up and makes me think, yes, we all need to recognize this. We all need to, you know, come together and unify is unity over these two situations, you know. NAS Pearl Harbor or NS Pearl Harbor is on one side of the country and NS Pensacola, NAS Pensacola is on the complete other side of the country. But we both went through a really traumatic event at one point in time. And I think it's important for our military and our civilians to do what they can to, um, you know, express unity, express support, express compassion and acknowledge that that this happened and it happened to people who are serving the United States and it happened to really young people. I know that was, that was the most heartbreaking when you, you read it, you see their faces and they're just starting out in life, you know, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, they were. Um, and I had to actually, you know, reach out and chat with some friends about it just because it hits so close to home, you know? Sure. And I think we should absolutely talk about it and absolutely acknowledge it. Yes. And not, not, not let it be one of those incidents that's, swept under the rug. Yes. You know, that's not fair to 
to those um, young service members. So that's why it's important to me. Melinda, is there anything else that you want to share with us about the the fundraiser? No, just show show your support if you can, so we can give as much money to the the survivors and and the service members that we can to give them a little bit of love in a, a monetary way that they can see and feel and can make a difference. Melinda, we just thank you so much for having the the awareness of the community and the awareness of the situation for thinking about us and thinking about the military and and building this concept so that we can honor honor those fallen service members. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate your platform to, to spread the word about it as well. So we can we can make as much impact as we can. Absolutely. So just to recap everybody, the GFI Stand United fundraiser is generating proceeds to distribute to the victims and the family members of the victim of the fallen at NAS Pensacola and at NS Pearl Harbor. If you want to participate and purchase your shirt, you can at the link uh, GFI Apparel slash pages GFI Gives Back. You can get yours at that link. It is $30. 20% of every purchase is going to be distributed to the families. An important component is that you're going to be able to demonstrate unity and respect and keep this event on the forefront of everyone's minds and not let it be swept under the rug, not let this be something that's easily forgotten by participating. All right. Um, for everybody who's watching and listening, GFI Apparel is a veteran-owned fitness apparel line. They have been sponsoring an internship program for VertForce members. We currently have one internship position open with that organization. It is on our job board. So if you are interested in learning more about this organization or you would like to develop some remote work experience, you are welcome to check that out on our job board. Listener, thank you so much for participating in this conversation and letting us talk about what's happened, letting us acknowledge what happened in our community and not letting this be something that's forgotten in a month. The people who lost their lives are important to the Navy. They're important to the military community as a whole. And we want to honor their sacrifice and we want to honor these events in remembrance of the five victims. So thank you for listening to this episode. Thank you for doing what you can to support. If you want to participate in the Stand United fundraiser, the option to do so is in the show notes below. You can find the link there.